Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank Discussion with Passion on CJD 800. Coming up after 10.15, our kink panel joins me. Lexi Silver and Catherine will join us. We'll talk about uh, how to do kinky sex safely. Uh, we'll also talk to uh, the co-founder of Kink D, which is a kinky dating app. Uh, but first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion at 514-800. You know, you can always email me your questions to laurie at drlaurie.com. I want to go back to a text message from yesterday. What was the original meaning of the word should again, as mentioned on our show on Monday night? So it's the old, uh, old English is scold. Actually, the way it's spelled, it, it's pronounced scold. So when we talk about, I should have done this, I should have, you're scolding yourself, basically, which is not a good thing to do. Um, or, or you're scolding somebody else when you should do this or you should do that. Happy Canada Day, everybody. And uh, this uh, this emailer says the same. Love your show. Always fun and informative to listen to. Just wanted to wish you and the passion community a very happy Canada Day. We live in such a great country. Proud to be a Canadian. Yes, proud to be, definitely proud to be a Canadian. 514-800, if you uh, want to text in um, a question between now and uh, 1015, I'll be happy to answer it. Another email, I just received an email from my daughter down under, they live in Australia, uh, they love the show tonight, can you give this shout out and give them a little thrill? I want to say hi to my fans, this is me saying it now, I want to say hi to my fans in Sydney, Australia, having lunch with Lori, this is what they call it, right, they have, because in Australia, this time is lunchtime, uh, there, Ava, Lana, Mindy, and Charlotte, thank you so much for uh, listening, uh, listening to me, and, and having lunch, your lunch with me, while most other listeners are preparing, uh, for bed, uh, it also says, and if possible, if you can contact the poet to write a small poem for them. <laughs> so, uh, Passion Poet, if you're listening, uh, Ava, Lana, Mindy, and Charlotte uh, want a poem, or at least uh, the dad of one of them wants you to write a poem for the girls down under. Lunch with Lori crowd. Love it. I think that is so cute and so special. Uh, and as a public service announcement, somebody, one of our listeners shared this uh, with me and said that there is a parrot by the name of Gertie who has been lost for about a week. Um, and uh, she was apparently seen today near the 640. And we, they want to reunite her with her owner, obviously. You know, uh, I have a friend who has uh, parrots, and it's devastating when they fly away and they get lost and what have you. So, And he just lost his, and thankfully his came home. So if anybody sees a parrot somewhere, uh, anywhere near the 640 or anywhere, I mean, they can, you know, go far, I suppose, uh, contact 514-715-6409, uh, or just contact me directly, and I'll pass on the message. So the parrot answers to the name of Gertie. Sad, she's been lost for a whole week. All right, here's a question. I'm 27 years old, pretty sure I'm straight, but for many years, since tw from 21 to 20. 
or for many years since 21 or 22, I started to watch gay porn and honestly, I got off to it. But I mixed it up between straight and gay. But in the last three years, I've been watching more and more gay porn. I joined a gay dating site, met a guy, had an amazing night, but felt guilt the next day and felt terrible about my decision. But deep down, I didn't fully regret it. But still, I'm confused if I'm bi or what. Also, when I watch gay porn, I get aroused and real horny. But when I ejaculate, I have a feeling I hate, a regret for a few moments. Why is that? Well, just from what you're describing, um, you clearly feel guilt about your homosexual behavior and feelings and have what we would call uh, internalized homophobia, basically, which is quite common for people who grew up thinking or, or people who were told that being gay uh, is wrong. So what I can see from this is that you're not completely straight, but regardless of the label, you need to kind of figure out where uh, you're at. Maybe you're bisexual, you may aroused and attracted to both men and women, or maybe uh, you are gay and you just have a really hard time accepting it. You need to figure this out. And so I would recommend you talk this out with a therapist who deals with these kinds of issues. And when you're, um, when you're searching for a therapist, please ask them when you're doing that initial phone call, if, uh, this is up their alley, if they are, uh, uh gay friendly, gay positive, whatever it is, because, you wouldn't want to go, let's say, to a therapist who was uh, very uh, religious or had, you know, that kind of penchant or whatever. So you want to make sure that the therapist you choose has experience dealing with uh, with such issues or at least are very open uh, to be able to talk about these, uh, these kinds of issues. So that's really important. And I hope that one day you can live your authentic self without all of this guilt or shame for uh, whom you love or whom you have sex with. So um, good luck to you because um, it would be uh, it would be sad, right? But you should know there are plenty of people who go through the same thing at the beginning of their uh, exploration and, and discovery. And it can take time before it uh, it congeals in your head as to what what is actually, going on. So, and, and things change. So, um, hi doc wanted to go with a few friends to a strip club. If I wanted to get a lap dance, how could I get one keeping the social distance of two meters away? You can't, <laughs> you can't, uh, you can watch though. Uh, but you can't a lap dance, obviously, uh, you know, sitting on your lap, but to, I suppose, you could, it's like safe sex versus safer sex. You could, there's always a, a risk with close uh, proximity, but if you wear a mask, have her wear a mask, um, maybe uh, not facing each other. Uh, she could maybe sit on your lap facing with her back face to you so that nobody's breathing on anybody. Uh, I suppose those would be the safer ways, but they're, they are not any, uh, they are not risk free. So you need to kind of know that, right? Um, 
I know a lot of people are struggling with this clearly, but just remember that it is the particles that are coming out of somebody's mouth that, uh, or nose, the sneezing, the talking, all the spittle that comes out though you barely see that uh, could contain, uh, the virus. So, uh, someone was ta- I heard somebody say something about, uh, hugging, I think it was Natasha was talking about that, that they figured out a way to hug by holding their breath, not talking or anything, just holding their breath for a couple of seconds, uh, hugging, and then after that, uh, exhaling away from the other person. So I don't know, can you hold your breath for a whole lap dance or would you ask her to hold her breath? <laughs> uh, somebody says, are strip clubs o- open? I don't think so. Um, I don't know. Does anybody know if uh, strip clubs are open? I don't know. Oh, I guess, uh, well, somebody will tell me. I'm uh, I'm quite sure. We, uh, we will find out. Anyway, coming up, uh, we will uh, get to our kink panel. It's always fun learning about alternative sexuality, seeing what people are up to that are maybe on the more on the marginal on the margins of, of sexuality. Although these days seems like there are are hardly any margins really. Uh, so we'll talk to Lexi and Catherine and find out how we can do kink more safely, uh, during these times. So we just talked about lap dancing, but what else is there? How to keep dungeons clean, possibly. Those are all the things we will uh, talk about. That's coming up next here on Passion. Turn us on, and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. It is our kink panel. Such a fun evening when we get to talk about all things uh, kinky tonight. And joining me are Pierre and Catherine. Catherine, is that is that you on the line? It is. Oh yay, Hello. Catherine's Happy there. Happy Canada Day. Happy Canada Day to you. Thank you for being uh, available. Catherine is a co-founder of BDSMCircle.com with her husband. Pierre, who usually joins us, but we only have two phone lines um, available. So if Pierre wants to get on at some point, of course, you'll just hand him the phone and that's okay. Uh, And Pierre and Catherine are longtime kinksters as well. Uh, Lexi Silver joins me. She is uh, an erotic writer with a newly published book called Mating Season, steamy as heck. Uh, She is a (laughs) podcaster, a sex educator, and a coach. She is shamelessly kinky and practices consensual non-monogamy. Does that describe you well? Oh, God. Oh, God. That describes me so well, Lori. Well, you know me very well. I think your audience is going to get to know me a bit. Thank you for having me Just back. a bit. Uh, LexiSilver.com is where you can get information uh, about her. And, guys, by the way, after 1030, I'm going to uh, – we're going to put the uh, – turn it over to uh, this guy, John, who is the co-founder of Kink D. Have you heard of Kink D, which is a a kink dating app? Because we've talked about this. This question comes up all the time about, hey, where do I meet somebody who might be interested in kink rather than meeting somebody and then introducing them to the kink lifestyle, right? Mm Because we've talked about how 
that can get you in trouble too, right? If you if you think that oh I I'm going to just you know go go dating and then at some point when I get close to this person I'm just going to tell them about my fetishes or tell them <laughs> and hope and pray that they'll be into it. That's not the way to go, is it? <laughs> uh, Catherine, you want to take that one or <laughs> sure, it's really not. You know the chances of you actually, especially if you're kinky and you. You know what? There's so many different ways to be kinky that even if you meet a kinky person, are they open? Are they, you know, if you start with the kinkiness, you're you're sure to be compatible. Right, <laughs> it's, exactly. It, it's like trying to convert somebody because, you know, to, to another <laughs> sexuality. It's, it's just, that's what it is. It just doesn't work. Right. And and I think from your point, it's a, a can be somewhat, can feel like somewhat of an, of an orientation. Mm-hmm being kinky and some people develop it later and other people have it um just know that that's that's who they are clearly okay so things are opening up little by little anybody know this question came up about uh strip clubs anybody know if strip clubs have been opened (laughs) do you guys know (laughs) i I have no idea hey if if sex clubs are opening up and bars and restaurants are opening up and they fall under the category as well as bars and restaurants and theoretically that's true theoretically yeah well, i know some of the the dungeons have slowly started to open okay so um, let's talk about that dungeons well, opening well they're they're starting to mm-hmm. i'm usually on a private list right now and um they're putting in some measures for for COVID. I haven't gone myself. I, I'm certainly not comfortable enough with that yet. Okay. Um, you know my, myself, but uh, no, they're they're starting to, and um, um, hopefully, I from what I understand, they're they're trying very hard to do it responsibly. But you know, it's like everything. Are the people going to be responsible when they go, when you get there? I mean, it only takes one or two. That's who right. You know, with the program. You know, unfortunately, no matter how hard a place tries, you know, but I think they are trying to be safe, and that's a, a big step in the right direction. Right, right. Let's see, what's, uh, what's going on on your end? Do you, have you heard anything? Have you heard about any measures that they're doing to keep people safe? Yeah, so um, not so much for dungeons, but I, I'm assuming it's very similar as far as, you know, sex spaces in general are concerned. So, you know, different sex clubs, um, you know, one of them in Montreal, uh, Obsession had shut down, uh, to my knowledge, uh, they had shut down uh, during COVID because of a variety of reasons. Um, but uh, right now, there are still a couple of clubs that are open, and uh, they're open as of, I think, last weekend. Okay. Uh, as far as attendance goes, look, uh, you know, I'm very tied into the community here as far as the lifestyle goes. There are lots of people who are just raging and needing to get out there and, you know, try to have sex with as many people as possible. So they're very excited about these things. But <laughs> Is um, that safe? Come on. Well, I mean, look, you know, we all have that in us, right? I'm also dying to go out and have these crazy orgies, but responsibility is important too and also finding out what these clubs are doing so to my knowledge what i'm hearing from the clubs are there are different people who are different doing different clubs doing different things so anything from uh i mean here in montreal it's very different where it might is then you know it might be sex clubs in in states which might be practicing different measures Mm -hmm. but from what i'm understanding you know 
Um, so some clubs are implementing, for example, uh, you know, li- they're limiting the amount of people who are allowed inside. So right. and they have to take reservations in advance so they know how many people will be there mm-hmm. versus allowing anybody who wants to come to come in just at the door right. uh, because that could create like ex- too much capacity and then make it very impossible for people to, if they choose to, socially distance themselves within the club. So you hold have on, that hold on. Sex club. Sex club. Yeah, I was just saying the words "sex club" and "social distancing" uh-huh. does not seem to go together very they well. Don't. They don't, <laughs> and but that's the problem, right? So we we have this desire to connect, and then we have, and we've been away from connecting with people for months. Some people longer than others because some people have been living alone or they've been you know forced to be monogamous you know for for those of us who are open and we don't really have an option right you know it's very risky to go out there so Mm -hmm. you know what what it's very hard to wrap your brain around well sex clubs are opening um you know even with masks we're being told to to stay six feet apart so then sex clubs are opening the idea of a sex club is to (laughs) have sex so, I can't see this happening. You know, I mean, well, that's the thing. But there are people who are taking risks because they have a desire or a need that they want to meet. And that's okay. And I say they because I'm not part of that group at the moment. Mm-hmm. I have not gone to explore these things. I think it's still too early for myself personally. It's not in my comfort zone. Right. But so um, until there are, you know, across the board measures put in place related to you know, protection, understanding what's going on, maybe testing at the door, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we're not there yet. I don't feel comfortable entering that kind of space. Right. But other folks are. So, you know, finding out what, you know, your local dungeon or your or your local sex club is actually doing to protect not just, you know, the people, the, the customers, the clients who are coming in, but also the employees. The people right. who are working there, right? right? If I'm getting served a drink, I want to know the person behind the bar is wearing a mask, for example. Right. Except um, that if you're in a sex club, okay, great. So the guy behind the bar is giving you a drink. He's wearing right. a mask. You yeah. don't need you don't need to be no. all over him. But most people going to a sex club are going to they're going there because they want to grind up against other people. Yes. It's not that there's no six feet nothing. No, there isn't. There isn't. It's impossible to respect the social distancing rules and the the, the health restrictions that we, uh, you know, have have no real choice but to adhere to if we want to be fully protecting ourselves and other people. But there are people who want to do it, so they'll take the risks, and you know, they might not realize that you can, you know, you can get COVID not just from you know, like standing in front of somebody in a non-sexual way. And talking to them without masks on or having someone cough in your face, that kind of deal. But it's also transmissible through fluids, beautiful fluids that we can exchange during all kinds of sexual play, people. Especially kissing, especially, especially kissing. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Catherine, you would not be comfortable with that either, would you? Well, I'd like to interject a a few things. Yes, please. (laughs) It's, It's from the lungs. So, yes, kissing because it's your mouth. Right. And it and it's liquid that could be coming up from your, your your lungs, but it's not actually sexually transmitted. They the, don't. The, they actually so don't not, know much of that yet. Well, because this was the, the latest I'd I'd seen personally, okay. and I've I've certainly tried to keep up on it. Right. However, the thing is, if you're close enough to 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 touch somebody, you're close enough that you can get it through airdrops. Exactly. Right. Yes. So certainly, still use a, a mask. Right. I, I will say that in a dungeon, as opposed to a sex or a swing club, there tends to be less free touching 
and free. Um, mm. it, there's a lot more um, uh, socially etiquette, or there's more etiquette. Okay. Um, and a more of a keep your hands to yourself until there's consent because of the nature of it. Right. So, um, you know, I would certainly go to a dungeon before I'd go to a sex club. A sex club, right, right, um, right. And plus you know, in a and, dungeon, I would imagine your people are wearing masks just because it's kinky. <laughs> well, not, no, that's a, it's a different kind of mask. But yes, I, I get yeah. your, your idea there. But, um, and, and I know it... Um, I heard it secondhand, um, actually from a submissive mm-hmm. of mine who's pretty smart. Um, <laughs> that at one place in particular, they had a different color wristbands that you were given as um, showing your COVID comfort. status. Oh, your COVID so in, comfort in words, level. You could okay. have uh, one that's like stay six feet away from me at all times. Do not approach. You better be wearing a mask. You bet, like, total, mm-hmm. you know. And then you'd have one that was a little freer, and then you'd have ones that they don't care. So mm-hmm. if you can go up to someone else who didn't care, but they're going to have a certain type of uh, wristband. So mm-hmm. I thought that mm-hmm. was actually quite brilliant. That um, is smart. Because it, it's helping the people like me, if I decide to go, to stay safer. Because I want them to, you know, you yes, talk to me from six feet away with a mask. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so that was that was actually good. So I, I think that um, perhaps also because of the etiquette that where you're not as likely to be going up to someone you don't know or to someone is freely and, and touching or, or being that close of proximity because of the whole, um, you know, because it's BDSM and everything's based on consent and, 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 and that. So it might be a little safer in a dungeon actually. Mm. And, and also there's, there's different, like, uh, I don't want to say machinery, but like props that people are using. Like, there's there's other things to, of own. concern, right? But that's also your own things. Like, your... when you go to a dungeon, there aren't, like, um, there may be, like, a, let's say, a spanking bench. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but it would be incredibly um, rare for there to be, like, a flogger that just everybody uses. Oh, anyway. I see. Okay, okay. So you bring um, your And own. anything like that is, is usually your personal property. Right. So and, um, yeah. coming up um, after the news, we're going to talk with the co-founder of Kink D, Kink Dating, Kinky Dating, because I think, uh, hey, it's important. And I, I want to find out a little bit about that app. So one of you is going to get booted off. So <laughs> when you do that, just keep your radio on so you can hear the interview and then turn it off when we call you back. How's that? It's so complicated during these <laughs> times. Uh, this is our Kink panel. Uh, more with uh, Catherine and Lexi and coming up. Up, the co-founder of Kink D, which is a kink dating app that. Turn us on, and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. It's that time of the month when we have our kink panel, the first Wednesday of every month. We get a little kinky on the show, uh, and whenever we do this kink uh, night, we often get asked, where do I find a kinky partner? Well, there's an app for that, because there's an app for everything, isn't there? Uh, we've gone, we've got on the line uh, John Martinuk, I hope I've pronounced your name right, uh, co-founder of Kink D, which is uh, an app for kinky dating. Hi, John. Welcome to the show. 
Hi, thank you for having me. Pleasure. Now, tell us about uh, this app and why it was so important to have it and for it to be available. Well, um, what it was basically was is uh, for, for years, uh, there was a lot of uh, drive for people uh, to meet or uh, get in contact with others. They didn't really have a lot of time to uh, meet in social gatherings. Uh, so there was like a plethora of websites that came out. Um, you know, like uh, fat life and such. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we can kind of, I kind of spoke with a couple of people that I knew that were involved in, um, in like their own fetish scenes and like their own cities and stuff. Okay. And we kind of uh, basically cobbled together something to kind of do like a mobile app. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people wouldn't just be relegated to having to sit in front of the computer. They could actually kind of take right. it with them on the go and kind of go from there. Right. Like every, like all the other dating sites, right? It just became uh, a Pretty dating, site, a, spe- a specific or a niche, a niche dating site. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, so tell us what what what's on there? Like, who's this for? It's actually for everybody. Like we, you know, because it's kind of run like a like a dating app. Uh, you'll have people that are um, either have a lot of experience. Um, in uh, in the fetish scene, and you also have people that are kind of just uh, really curious and just kind of want to figure, get information or chat with people or, or whatever, and just kind of, I guess, kind of gently dip their toes in and hmm. give it something that they want to have tied up. Right, <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Now, in, in the profile, are, like, is this where you would describe, for example, in, in when people, you have a picture, but also are people describing what they're into? Yes, they can actually set up um, uh, specifically like a check from a list and say, okay, I'm into this, 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 okay. and I'm looking for people that are into this, 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 this. Okay. Um, so a lot of, I mean, sometimes that, that kind of stuff will kind of like contradict itself, um, but I mean, <laughs> everybody's different, so everybody's has their things that they're going to either really want to focus on or like want to experiment or try or express and other things are not going to be so keen on. So. Right. So would it, would you search by, um, do you, is it like the other apps where you're, you're looking, you know, I guess they go by age and then the pictures that you swipe and you swipe, or can you type in a particular fetish or kink and then it weeds everybody out and only leaves you those that have those particular fetishes? Yes, you can actually, uh, it's set up that you can do, uh, searches either, um, you know, like you said, usually like age, uh, uh, like area like mm-hmm. a distance from you that sort of thing as well as being able to specify specifically which which uh, fetishes or kinks that you're actually really interested in specifically like look on those um, a lot of times really it, it can be a bit difficult because some people tend to um, specifically if they're they're just trying to meet some people just want to meet anybody will put down everything under the sun right and they might not necessarily be interested like that they're more just trying to gain they're going fishing they're going fishing yeah Yeah, and they're hoping for the best (laughs) right but you don't recommend that do you recommend no not at all i think i think being upfront and honest about Mm -hmm. what you're looking for is very very important specifically in something like this because uh you don't want to be caught in a position (laughs) <laughs> with with no pun intended, of course, 
where you're kind of caught out and you're not comfortable doing something. You right. know, it's always a lot more enjoyable when um, you've got two like-minded people that are kind of working together to kind of have fun. Absolutely. At the beginning of the show, we talked about that, saying that there are some people who have, let's say, a particular fetish or are into a whatever whatever kink, and they go on regular dating sites, and then they kind of hope for the best, and they, they, they hope that if the person really likes them or they get to know them, that they can then share their fetish with them and then, you know, hope that they'll go along with it. But that is not the way to go. We all agreed on the panel that this is not the way to go. Yeah, and, not at all. Yeah, this would be better. So one of our uh, panelists is with us, Lexi Silver, who is uh, herself a podcaster, sex educator, and uh, part of the uh, kink community. Lexi, do you have any questions for John? Well, I mean, I, I think that, you know, having an app for everything is great. Um, and there are lots of, you know, different apps out there for dating and for, you know, also a couple out there for, you know, folks interested in fetish and kink. And I think that's really cool. So, you know, firstly, congratulations on your new endeavor. And I do wish you a lot of luck with that. Um, you know, lots of really cool things could be done. What I think my, my question uh, would be, because there are so many apps out there, is, you know, how would your app differ from an app like FetLife, for example? which is, I guess, the first name that does tend to pop to my, uh, pop into mind for most of the fetish community. What are you doing that's a bit different that sets you apart from the competition in that regard? I'd be curious as, for example, someone who uses an, a number of apps to connect with people, why I might, you know, be persuaded to check out your app versus, you know, continuing on the membership I might have with other sites. Good question. That actually is a really good question. Well, I can tell you from from the experience I had on FetLife years ago, um, I found it as someone who was um, emerging into um, the feather scene and exploring kinks, um, I found it really, really daunting. Um, it was actually kind of, um, I felt at times overwhelmed uh, mm. by trying to start communications with people. Um, and... Um, and I, I, I can also, I guess, uh, kind of attest that to the fact that I, I can be somewhat introverted at times. But I just felt a lot of times I felt I was out of my league in depth mm. in regards to who was who I was chatting with, that sort of thing. Like anybody that I had looked at or or whatever. And there was nothing that anybody or any sign anybody gave me that said, oh, get out of here, pipsqueak. It wasn't mm. anything like that at all. Um, it was just a, just the kind of like the feeling I felt. Um, it was just so much, I guess. Yeah, there was, it was there's, just there's so a much lot to digest. Right. Uh, whereas I with our dating app, we we kind of have people from all over the spectrum. So you have people who are just um, you might have somebody that's created a uh, profile that says I just got choked for the first time, <sighs> uh, and I really like it, but only if they hold my only if they. Have, two fingers on my pulse for like five seconds <laughs> you know and they're not they're not feeling uncomfortable or feeling like people are looking at them like they're not true fetishists mm -hmm. you know um i think that's where the difference is and again it's not to to say anything against that life at all i think it's amazing i've got friends on there that still use it to this day right and they just absolutely love it but, but i like uh, the idea of a mobile first of all the the mobile app because they all these uh, dating apps now are have all gone uh you know on, on on your phone where you can access them anytime but i also like the idea that this is if you're a newbie because often people who listen to the show we introduce you know are introduced to 
kink and what it is by listening and might be curious and maybe it's just sparking a little bit of a of an interest but they don't know where to start so you're right. saying this is a good place to start mm-hmm. certainly um uh, uh, one of my uh, partners when we first started working on launching the app he was kind of more or less trying to i guess focus or draw the attention of people uh, who specifically were reading like uh, the Fifty Shades of Grey books, mm-hmm. uh, and he felt like that was the end-all, be-all things. And I kind of had to share my experience with him to <laughs> say, okay, well, I get that, but it's not really. That's not really how it goes. Man, um, have we had that conversation oh so many times on this show? You have no idea. Yeah, and that's and that's fine. I mean, it's if anything, it's allowed people to discuss it and be exactly. more open about it. Exactly, and um, this is why one of the reasons why we do our our kink panel every month is that. Uh, it's true. It may not be for everybody, but I don't know if you know this, but in Quebec, where we, we're airing here, yeah, we have probably, uh, there was a study done that showed that almost half the population is interested or practicing some form of kink. So it's pre- we're pretty open. Uh, we're a pretty open society over here. So uh, kink D might do really well in Quebec. <laughs> uh, John, thank you so much. So if people want to uh, have access to it, what do they do? Well, you can easily hop on either to um, the Apple Store mm-hmm. uh, or uh, to the Google Play Store and just look up Kink. Uh, it's K-I-N-K-D. And you should be able to pull it up no problem and kind of go from there. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us, John. Good luck with it. Thank you so Good much. Luck. All right. Take, Take care. care now. Uh, that's uh, John Martinuk, who is the co-founder of Kink D. So if you're wondering where to meet people, now there's an app for that if you are uh, consider yourself kinky or want to venture even into uh, the world or meet somebody, um, even to introduce you to it, if that's what you're looking for. Uh, Catherine will be back with us, uh, as uh, will Lexi Silver. We'll, uh, we'll talk about... Um, now, maybe we could talk about talking to our partners about our fantasies or things that you might want to try. So how to have that conversation. So if you're listening, maybe this is something that you're wondering about. So we'll do that uh, next uh, right here on CJD 800. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak. You're listening to Passion, CJD 800. It's our kink panel tonight. You can uh, join us if you'd like at 514-800. We've got uh, Catherine, who's a co-founder of BDSMCircle.com and a longtime uh, kinkster. We have uh, Lexi Silver, who's an erotic writer. She just published a new book called Mating Season. You should check it out and check out her podcast as well. Go to her uh, website, Lexi Silver, uh, Lexi with an I, Silver with a Y, dot com. <laughs> I've got it all down pat. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I want to read you just a poem from our passion poet. He writes poems to us and he wrote a kinky one. So I just want to share that one with us just for a little bit of fun. Uh, it's the Wednesday kink panel, but amateurs compared to me. Use your wild imagination. If you can't, then come see me. They only offer a dungeon with whips, ropes, and chain, but my methods and devices are meant to drive you insane. 
It's where pain meets pleasure, maybe a spank, tug, and pull. No safe word will help you, no talking with your mouth full. Come into my world, enter if you dare. The sign above my door reads, Welcome to your sexy nightmare. (laughs) Anyway, I thought I would share. He gets very, very creative, of course. Nice. Yeah. Uh, All right, uh, Catherine, what did you think of... um, Kink D, what do you think of having an app specifically for uh, finding partners uh, to well, engage? I, I think that's really good, but if and unless you're really a beginner and it's it's not that, in, how can I say, central mm-hmm. to your sex life, mm-hmm. um, you know, you probably want to go to maybe somewhere with a little more focus because if, if it is more for beginners, which is kind of what I got from them you might want to go to one that's a little more focused so that you can get what you want. And the other thing is, is, um, you know, and, and Pierre is the one that got me doing this. Doing Any what? dating website, mm-hmm. take the time to make sure you check the user agreement because some, um, times when you put on pictures or information, they can use that information any way they want, including That's your true. pictures, including pictures that you might have thought you have sent privately to another u- user on private chat or things like this. Mm-hmm. It could end up being the advertising picture, you know. Right, um, right. So just, just a heads up that uh, not just this site in particular, but all sites that you want to make sure you check that mm-hmm. out especially and Facebook and Twitter or yes I was just going to say with all yeah. that because I'm assuming that you don't necessarily well, want uh your well, private doesn't life doesn't have like um third-party rights to it whereas some of the dating apps you can actually you are by posting it on their site you're giving them the right to do anything mm-hmm. they want mm-hmm. whereas Facebook can take it down because it's their site but they can't they can't use it as a Facebook advertisement. Right. But others can. So, so yes, yeah, so you have to check that. Okay. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's very good. Uh, that's actually very good to know. Hmm. All right. Let's talk about, um, like, again, we talked about being new to this or newbies or maybe introducing um, something. Well, first I want to get back to something Catherine said. He says, e- either if it's central to your sex life or if it's just a curiosity or something you'd be you'd want to try, but it doesn't have to be central to your sex life. So there are some people where it's a must, right? Oh, Catherine? for sure. Okay, so the, you know what? For some people, they are. You know what? If they don't find a, a person that they are compatible with, especially if you know what, I, I'm, an easy example: a man likes feet. You know you are much better to date women who also like men that like feet than, <laughs> than, you know, 10 years into it, you're finding you're really, really missing this. And, and sexu- your sexuality is sometimes really easy to put off for a few years. That's true. But then the person is deeply unhappy. So, and I'm, I'm sure with all your experience, uh, Dr. Laura, you, you, I'm, yes. I'm guessing you're going to agree with this, that, it can be a much bigger deal down the road with the things. Well, you know, I just, I just won't be bisexual, or I just won't. You know, this person is great, but then ten years down the road, they're finding or less, they're finding that 
they're really unhappy and missing a big part of themselves in their life. That's true. So I, I do want to add that, that as a, as a, a therapist in the field of sexuality, I have seen this multiple times where um, a fetish, a particular fetish is hidden from the partner and then gets discovered and then ca- can cause some chaos in the relationship. It can really upset the relationship. Um, so I've seen that happen multiple times with several different types of fetishes where people did not feel comfortable or were doing it in hiding, uh, and we're doing it secretly. And then it was discovered. So I think now that we are talking so much more openly about, uh, kinks and that there are dating apps and dating sites and, uh, places where you can meet people who share your passion whatever that, that, whatever that kink might be, uh, or who accept people who have that particular kink. Cause if you're a foot fetishist, you want to be with someone who's okay with that. Uh, they don't, they might not necessarily have a fetish themselves, but it's, it is something that if it's that in, central to your sex life or that important to you that it gets said at the, at the beginning. What do you think, Lexi? I mean, there are two things. There's two parts to this. So firstly, we evolve over time, right? So what's really important is even if you enter a relationship and you think you guys are totally on the same page and you had multiple conversations about what you both think that the relationship should look like, whether it's open or not, kinky or not, it's whatever it is. Let's say you're on the same page, you go into it, you're a couple of years later, you say, hey, you know what, there is something I wanted to try, or there's something new that I want to try. Mm-hmm. This happens over time, right? That we change as individuals, That's that true. we evolve together as a couple or as, a, you know, multiple partners, however many. What's important also is being open with your partner and being able to communicate that at all times. So even if you have that initial conversation and you are with the foot fetishist that you, you know, always dreamed that you would be with, for example, using your example, maybe later down the line you develop, you know, another little kink or there's something else you want to try out. Mm-hmm. What's really important here is being open to a talk to your partner about it but also uh, knowing that your partner will like will listen to what you have to say won't judge what you have to say and be able to communicate about what that looks like for your relationship and if that's something you might be able to do now uh, so that communication is kind of central to every relationship but especially relationships requiring I think a bit more communication related to boundaries or kinks and fetishes Mm -hmm. and consent related to all of that In, in addition to that so we have People who are, you know, you had mentioned, uh, Catherine, kinks and fetishes being central to your life. So the way I kind of see this is, you know, um, there's orientation and there's lifestyle. So some of us might have a, let's say, kinky orientation where it is a central part of our identity mm-hmm. and our lives. And then there are other people who it maybe it's more lifestyle if, if they're in the moment, if it happens, if they feel like it. If they're with the right partner, if whatever, mm-hmm. then maybe they'll try it out. Or maybe then they might be stimulated to do something. So those are two different kinds of instances or kinds of people not saying that they can't coexist. Right. But um, for people who feel that this is a huge part of their identity, uh, for example, for myself, uh, you know, being in an open relationship, which I am, it's a part of my identity. Mm-hmm. It's a deal breaker for me to start dating someone who is not open right. because there's no way in how it'll ever work out. 
just like if I have, a, you know, if I'm into feet, for example, oh my God, this, this example is hilarious to me because I'm so not into feet. But <laughs> <laughs> if I were, I would want to make sure, let's say even on the first date, this is something that this person is into before the first date, that this is something the person right. is into. Right. But maybe down the line, I might discover different things about myself. Or maybe I'm kind of kinky. I'm open to it. I've, I'm a newbie. I've never tried. I'm kind of curious. I want to leave the possibility of it open. Maybe it's more of a lifestyle choice for me versus an orientation. Right. So and, and also that's different. And part of that is, I guess, especially when you're dating, is really looking at the ability to communicate about sexuality as something that is important to you and and some and you're also judging someone's openness so when you have conversations with them about whatever it is right it could be general things uh, about kinks or or whatever you're and Catherine we've talked about this before right how will someone react when you bring up the subject gives you a good a good idea of of what their values are regarding their openness well, let's say exactly. to and sexuality you also don't want to be with somebody who's way, way more open than you are either. Mm. <laughs> you know. Well, you that could get, of... yeah, That you want to match on that. And exactly. I think that's where, where sexual compatibility uh, but, comes into play as know. well. So that's uh, always an interesting discussion, ladies. I appreciate it. I hope uh, one day soon we can be in the same room together. Um, not in a sex club but at the station i just want to point that out (laughs) right right uh so Catherine, if uh, people want to reach you where can they uh where can they go edsmcircle.com or let's start bdsm wonderful easy enough and uh lexi where can they get your book where can they hear you Wow, you're so good at doing the PR for me, but um, it's Lexi with an I, Silver with a Y, LexiSilver.com, and LexiSilver on all the social media. So come and find me. You can get my book on Amazon, Amazon Kindle, and my website, LexiSilver.com. So and, and, thank you again for... And let me just add that Lexi yeah. is not shy about posting uh, <laughs> very erotic pictures of herself. I just want to point and, that out. Yeah, no, shameless. <laughs> shamelessly kinky that's what she is shamelessly kinky (laughs) thank you ladies so much and happy Canada Day once again Uh, thanks to our technical producers tonight Jimmy and Chris Aiken as well Uh, you can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website drlori.com coming up next here on CJD we bring you the CTV National News have a great rest of the evening happy Canada Day again and remember to live your life with passion